When it comes to teaching yoga, do you approach it as a hobby or career? Instagram is full of yoga teachers, and it's also full of individuals who work in fields such as coaching that support yoga teachers in making teaching yoga feasible, sustainable, and a thriving career that is beyond an expensive hobby. As a yoga teacher, it's important that you evaluate and generate a growth strategy and plan for your vocation as a yoga teacher, regardless of the amount of classes you plan to teach weekly and whether or not you plan to teach as a hobby or full-time career. Just like you prepare with a class sequence plan going in to teach a class, creating a monthly quarterly and yearly plan will support you greatly within your development and growth aspirations within your teaching skill set. Stating the fact that you desire to grow as a yoga teacher will be just that, a statement, but developing a strategy, a growth strategy, and actually implementing it will offer you greater success in experiencing the growth you desire. Welcome to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, the podcast for yoga teachers to learn tips, techniques, and teaching approaches in order to build confidence and success teaching yoga. I am your host, Sandy Raper, and on this podcast, I am going to share with you my strategies and approach to teaching, along with stories from many teaching experiences that have supported me within a thriving teaching career for over two decades. Are you a yoga teacher that can benefit from some tips and techniques for cueing the classes that you lead? Well, I'm excited to share with you about a new free resource that I have available, the 10 Essentials for Effective Cueing. And this is a resource that I want to provide to you with what I believe to be the essentials when it comes to cueing and the language that we use in yoga classes, along with tips that I share with you that will most certainly up-level your approach and awareness when it comes to leading effective and impactful yoga classes. An amazing resource that is yours for free. So check out the link in the show notes and get your free copy today, or you can head over to my website, sandyraper.com, S-A-N-D-Y-R-A-P-E-R.com, and you'll find this free resource there, and there's certainly more resources waiting for you on my website. So go check it out and get your free 10 essentials for effective cueing. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get back to today's episode. There are a couple of investment considerations that will help you as you begin to evaluate and create your growth strategy. There is the amount of hours you will designate and invest towards your self-study and further training, but there's also the financial aspect growth to consider. Both of these considerations will help steer you in the direction of attaining the growth you desire as a teacher. 
And within both of these aspects of investment, you will want to factor in whether teaching for you is a hobby or whether it's a full-time aspiration and career you seek as a yoga teacher. It's within this designation that you will begin to determine a balanced approach towards your development as a teacher that actually makes teaching yoga feasible if you are seeking full-time status in this vocational career choice. And it also produces a high yield return on the investments you have made with your time, resources, and funds. Without this evaluation and awareness towards teaching yoga as either a hobby or career, you can quickly find yourself pursuing an expensive and costly hobby rather than implementing the best stewardship of all of your resources. In today's episode, I want us to dig deeper into two main approaches towards teaching a hobby or a career, and provide context, examples of similarities and differences that you'll find within each of the mindsets and approaches towards teaching. And this will impact the implementation and approach you'll take regardless of the designation to develop as a teacher. Why is it important to evaluate whether you consider or view teaching as a hobby or career? While there are distinctions between the two approaches, there are also similarities. And at the root of both approaches, whether hobby or career, or even a blend of the two, you will find that your mindset will be the foundational aspect of whichever approach you choose. I talk a lot about mindset on this podcast because it really does matter. And what begins in your mind and your attitude and mindset will ultimately impact what you produce or the outcomes of the desired results you seek. What we set our minds to really does attribute to the overall success and outcome of our desires. So how we view and approach our teaching role will also dictate our ability to achieve or become the teacher that we desire or envision ourselves to be. Just as in many big decisions that we make in life, choosing to step into a yoga teacher training is a big decision. And it's one that you don't wanna make too quickly or too lightly, I believe. I mentioned in the introduction that when you look out into the yoga industry or into social media, one might draw a conclusion that the market for yoga teachers is saturated because within this observation, and especially on social media at least, it doesn't take long to see an enormous amount of individuals out there pursuing the pathway of being a yoga teacher. From this observation, you may also find yourself quickly turned away from the notion that you should even venture down this path, although you still feel passionate and you feel a passionate prompting within you to pursue this course of action. Well, at the same time, while the market may appear saturated with teachers, which then leads one to believe there won't be enough class time slots or teaching positions available and enough to go around, you might also then could draw the opposite conclusion 
that the industry does need you as a teacher because there isn't another you out there teaching. No one can replicate that. And the market is vast when it comes to this observation. I've shared about the benefits of developing a growth strategy. Your growth strategy would also include items of development that are measurable and more specific, such as adding more knowledge and learning towards a particular area or focus of study, or possibly pursuing a specialized training or further certification and any other measurable goals or desired growth you wish to attain in your teaching skill set or career development. And, and this could possibly be these goals of wanting to own a yoga studio or develop a training curriculum or lead a workshop. When you are looking at your growth strategy, try to get specific. It's just saying you want to grow. Well, that's amazing and that's awesome, but it's vague. It's vast. So see if you can point down what exactly about growth do you desire? What does growth look like to you? How does growth apply to you? Now, I want to shift to intention and how intention factors into your growth strategy, right? Your mindset also as a teacher. This is a very familiar term that we hear often in yoga. We set intentions for our class practice. We, we seek to be intentional in our movements and our awareness of how we're being on our yoga mats and how we're being out in our lives. And hopefully we aspire as teachers to be intentional with the classes we lead. When it comes to the evaluation of your approach towards teaching, whether it's a hobby or it's a career, then intention shows up once again. When you designate your mindset in one approach or the other, you are setting an intention as to how you will show up and how you will implement your approach to teaching. There are definitely some distinctions between these two approaches, but there are also these overlapping similarities when it comes to intention and how you presence yourself as a teacher. Interestingly, it is the underlying subtleties that one needs to take notice of because the traits, the mindset, and intentions just might become roadblocks in your overall ability to develop and grow as a teacher, dependent upon how you view your teaching and the investments you're making within your teaching. We might also find similarity within these two approaches by examining intention through the responsibilities and the requirements that are asked of us to be a yoga teacher. And these will develop and become evident whether or not you teach full time or you teach as a hobby. And when I say hobby, I want to be clear. I mean, these are like you teach one class a week or you're on a sub only basis or you're just not in a full schedule during your week teaching. 
I spoke to the concept of duty of care in a previous episode, and within the scope of this understanding of your responsibility as a teacher, there is not a distinction when it comes to how you'll care for the needs of the students you lead and provide a safe practice experience and environment for all students. This is going to be your duty of care, your responsibilities, regardless of whether you approach teaching as a hobby or career. This is the same intention. Your duty of care as a teacher is the same, regardless of how consistent or how many classes you teach a week. I'd like to add here that this evaluation is a great refinement tool because within the uncovering and discovery that you make figuring out what type of teacher you desire to be and which approach you'll take there and towards that, it'll be a direct correlation made that guides your next steps along the path of developing and growing in your knowledge and expertise as a yoga teacher. Let's first look a little closer at the approach of being a yoga teacher that comes from a place or approach of hobby, or perhaps something you do in addition to an already full-time vocation that you pursue. So let's dig into the approach of hobby where oftentimes individuals venture into a yoga teacher training without really any desire to necessarily teach once they complete the training. And, and this is very commonplace, I believe. I've encountered it a lot in the teacher trainings I've led. Yoga teacher training is a wonderful place to learn and develop a deeper understanding of yourself first through the practice. And I can't really think of another setup or situation or encounter that allows you this deep discovery such as a yoga teacher training. I truly believe that this is the basis upon which all teachers teach, right? That, that deep dive understanding for yourself first is foundational. I've experienced firsthand within the trainings that I lead that most often, though, the trainees that come in very adamant, I might add, and, and quite insistent that they have no desire to teach at the end, but they find themselves at the completion of the training really feeling, right, this sense and calling of being compelled to teach. It's almost like they, they couldn't imagine not teaching. This is a beautiful transformation to behold. It's interesting, too, because even though I have the conversations with those who do not desire to become teachers, I have to remind them of the process and that they will teach throughout the training experience because it is called a yoga teacher training. Whether you come out of a teacher training desiring to teach full time or as a hobby, it's easy to get caught up within the fascination and passion to learn, to learn all you can about the practice of yoga. It's a worthy pursuit and an endeavor, no doubt. But what can happen, though, if you aren't careful and mindful and, and really developing that growth strategy again, 
that'll give you some context and, and some points of what you're working on. It's, what you'll find out is that you'll begin to jump from one training to another. I mean, yoga teachers, we love to accumulate knowledge, right? We love a good training. I love a good training, a workshop, right? And we just want to know more and more. But what can happen if we're not careful is we become a collector. <laughs> we become a collector of information without ever really giving ourselves time to digest and absorb all that we're consuming. So here's a point to add in your growth strategy. Are you adding the time, right? Not only taking further training, but giving yourself a window or a season or a period of time to actually apply all that you are consuming. I advise new teachers coming out of YTT to teach to give yourself the experience of experiential learning that comes through the very act of teaching. You don't need to jump right into another training. Give yourself time to become immersed in teaching, and then you will quickly begin to notice and discern the key areas of teaching that you would like to pursue further study within. Back to teaching as a hobby. I certainly feel like you can be successful teaching yoga as a hobby rather than a full-time career. I would suggest that if you are teaching from a hobby approach that you still seek to teach with as much professionalism and devotion as you would if you've made teaching a full-time profession where your income doing so determines your livelihood and sustainability to meet your needs and pay your bills. It's important that all yoga teachers spend time understanding the business aspect of teaching because if you do commit to a teaching position where you will receive compensation, it is of great importance that you treat this commitment with the utmost integrity and responsibility as you would any other profession. I know that many yoga teachers and even myself, we teach because we truly desire to share and to help others come to know the amazing, wonderful benefits that come from practicing yoga. And I also feel like that many, if not most of us would say that teaching is beyond the consideration of what we usually liken as a job or a career. We teach because we love it. Now, let me pause here to say that it is okay to be compensated to teach. I won't go into this in too much detail in this episode because there's another episode that you might want to check out and listen to. Episode 99, Peace, Loving Yoga Doesn't Pay the Bills. And I go into this concept a bit more in detail in that episode. When it comes to teaching yoga, there are more cost factors to evaluate that go beyond the financial investment you made for the actual teacher training. Once you take on a teacher position or a teaching position, 
it will be important to evaluate other costs such as your clothing, your gas, your vehicle maintenance, your liability insurance, the music streaming subscriptions you subscribe to, and any of the other extras that you feel are a necessity and they help to provide or create the yoga practice experience. Now, I could talk a lot about that as well, but I won't go into that, but be mindful of all these extras that you think you need to set up a successful yoga practice experience. And then are you teaching your students that it's all about those extras? Now, I'm going to pause there because I could really go into another episode on attachments there. Now, if you are approaching teaching, from the perspective of a hobby, you may want to consider finding a location where you aren't designated as an independent contractor, but rather you're considered as an employee, which will offer you the ability to not have to factor in some of these extra costs or needs even for personal liability insurance because you will be provided that coverage within and under the business or the space you are working in or teaching in. Let's talk a bit more about the commitment or intention of teaching yoga as a hobby or some like to call it a side hustle, but I certainly hope that teaching has not turned into a hustle for you. Let's talk about mindset and the attitude of the approach of teaching as a hobby. Does this approach stifle one's growth or development? Could this designation of teaching for hobby's sake make further training accessible? Or could the lack of consistent teaching experience or limited teaching opportunities due to only teaching one class or being designated as a sub only, does this impede the amount of layered learning that comes from the practical and beneficial act of teaching with consistency? There's a variety of ways that these points of inquiry could be answered, but there isn't a definitive because it will solely depend on you and the commitment you make regardless of whether you do so as a hobby or full-time profession. And I want to side note here that the intention's the same. The teacher that teaches less consistently on a hobby basis and the teacher that teaches numerous classes in a full-time capacity, the intention in your growth and development should be the same. You should always be seeking to expand and grow your knowledge and apply it. So just because you teach it a hobby doesn't mean you just become complacent and you're just okay with that base level foundation that you developed in your first initial teacher training. You will learn so much through the very act of teaching and teaching what you need to learn in order to grow and develop in the various skill sets as a teacher. This is why it's important that you teach right after you complete teacher training. Don't take time off. Teach someone. Implement the action and the skill set of teaching. Whether you are pursuing teaching as a hobby or career, it is of utmost importance that you get out there and you teach and you begin to grow 
in the absorption of all that you gleaned and learned within your teacher training. All right, now let's talk about teaching yoga as a career. Perhaps you're listening and you took a big leap of faith by leaving another career or, or a consistent job to pursue full-time teaching yoga. What then is the attitude and the approach towards this designation? I'll first say that this is an approach that requires some urgency and action behind setting up a solid teaching schedule and a strategy plan that will actually support the feasibility and your ability to support your livelihood and not ju just generate a little income or extra income like a hobby or a part-time approach might offer. There is a level of discernment and planning within this urgency. I am not offering to you guidance in a way that means you jump in feet first, unknown, into accumulating or taking on as many teaching positions as possible just so you can make ends meet. I still want to encourage you to evaluate and discern the spaces and the places in which you seek or inquire to teach in because it does matter. It makes a difference for you to have a better understanding or your best understanding before you go in as to whether that space, that business, that gym, whatever it may be, is the best fit for you. And that the business aspect and both parties involved, you and the business, your needs are met. Now, sometimes we get into situations and teaching positions we think it's going to be a great fit and we find out it's not. And that can happen. I'm speaking from experience. But as much as you can, discern, research, and go be a student in the places that you are inquiring to teach in. That will tell you a lot about the space. Be mindful to discern and create a strategy for developing a solid teaching schedule that doesn't have you running all over town to teach in order to piece together enough classes to make an income that at least puts some food on the table. <laughs> now, planning is important when it comes to making the decision to teaching yoga as a full-time vocational career. And just like many facets in life, it requires balance because when you expand and make teaching yoga a career, what you'll most likely encounter is that you no longer have the luxurious choice to practice whenever you would like to. In fact, you just might find that there doesn't seem to be much time left over during the week for you to devote to your personal practice time. This is where that growth strategy and that time management is so important. Time is not a renewable resource. So it's important that you become very strategic when you are organizing and crafting your teaching schedule and that it accommodates and it allows for balance within your teaching time and your personal practice time. If your personal practice time diminishes or becomes neglected, it will certainly show up in your teaching. The more you teach, the more you'll need to make the time to fill up and fuel yourself within your personal practice 
And I mean that this is the time that is devoted solely to you and not the time devoted to creating sequencing plans for your next class. There is a difference. And if you struggle in this area, then I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the recent episodes regarding simplicity and sequencing and the approaches that I share that will support simplicity and time management and effectiveness when it comes to sequence planning. I posed the question earlier about the level of commitment from someone who approaches teaching yoga as a hobby and someone that approaches teaching in pursuits of developing a career. Is there a difference in the quality of the class experience when it comes to being a teacher that teaches as a hobby versus being a teacher that is teaching full time? There certainly could be, but one might also raise the inquiry that if someone is busy teaching full time with a loaded schedule of classes, just like I've just talked about, then when do you have the time for further training or absorption through self-study and application? This time could be lacking, like I've already talked about, which could diminish your effectiveness and the effectiveness of the classes you lead. What could happen is that you begin to go through the motions of teaching, of, of getting it done, and it becomes a rote experience. You begin to teach with that get it done mentality, check it off your list, your schedule for the week, and you no longer are inspiring or equipping others in the development their own deeper understanding of the practice. What could happen is that although you're gaining valuable experience within the skill of actually executing and delivering the class, you end up remaining on the surface of the experience because you haven't had the time to dig deeper into your own personal practice and time understanding the application of the practice. Moving along, <laughs> for the sake and the purpose of this episode, I want to now highlight the similarities found whether you teach as a hobby or you've decided to teach as a career. This is going to go back to that overall intention again that remains the same. The intention resides in the highest regard to share the practice of yoga as a vessel that pours out the teachings within the practice experience that you offer as a teacher. When you teach from this intentional space, you grow as a teacher. Whether you are a hobby teacher or a career teacher, it doesn't really factor in here because simply put, you are a yoga teacher. It's within this high intention that you set for how you'll show up for the students you will lead that makes all the difference. You don't show up any differently whether you are teaching full-time or whether you teach occasionally or maybe on a sub-only basis. Lastly, I thought I would shift the focus of today's episode toward what happens mentally when you approach teaching as a hobby versus a full-time career. Does anything change within your mindset? Well, possibly. I have found within my two decades of teaching experience that my approach has actually been blended. 
I certainly started out within the notion and approach that I was going to teach in order to gain a little extra income to support my family as I was a stay-at-home mom at that time. So it was a natural progression and getting paid to teach at the same time was a bonus. What I have come to notice from my experience is that my teaching approach expanded and grew into the passion to become a teacher of teachers that would include the development of my own 200 and 300 hour training curriculum, along with continuing education workshops. And along the way, ultimately the evolution and creation of my Beyond Yoga Teacher Training podcast and mentorship program that I am very passionate about today. What began as a hobby for me, as a way for me to do what I love while still balancing and caring for the needs of my family and my small children evolved into a 20-year vocation of teaching yoga within various expanded approaches and methods. There have been distinct times within my growth strategy that led me to make required business decisions that would support my ongoing development, growth, and longevity in the work of being a yoga teacher. Within my growth strategy, I have also incorporated and experienced seasons where I shifted from a heavy working or teaching approach schedule, and I shifted more into flexibility in my schedule to take needed time to pull back, regroup, reflect upon my next steps in my teaching career. And I did this in order to support the pursuits of my children, to make the balance again between work life and family life, or however you want to put it, and make sure that that balance was always intact. So you have to notice that. You have to discern it, and then you make decisions based upon that. It's interesting to me how quickly we can get caught out of balance uh, if we aren't careful. So it has always been important to me that as a mother, that my boys see the entrepreneurial business side of what their mom pursues as a yoga teacher, but they also know and experience the fullness of my interaction, supporting them within their pursuits and dreams at the same time. I have found balance in creating a teaching schedule that supports both my career leading classes, trainings, workshops, and now podcasting while giving myself permission to take the needed respite and time off of schedules where I was teaching at studios or offering all those things and learning opportunities to refuel and refresh myself within a space that was away from that schedule. At first, this felt odd because wasn't I supposed to just keep on keeping on? And wouldn't I lose traction by taking or coming off of a schedule? Wouldn't I diminish my growth? Well, what would happen if I stopped teaching for a while? This was some inquiries that I had in that first season when I gave myself permission to step back. What I've come to know is that whether I approach teaching yoga as a hobby or a career, there are seasons involved. 
Some seasons have been full of teaching commitments and other seasons have given way to deeper study and time for training pursuits and absorption. Each season provides exactly what is needed in order to pick back up and begin again fresh into the next season. It's what the seasons and nature teaches us and the acknowledgement of the cyclical and seasonal nature that can be found also within our service of teaching yoga. And this has provided me with the ability and perseverance to still be teaching now after two decades. As I close today's episode, I want to emphasize this point. It is of great importance that you teach. You teach, teach, teach. You need to apply all that you are equipped with through training and use all of your teaching experiences to evaluate, learn, and grow from them. This is a crucial piece of your development and growth as a teacher. Just as repetition is good for students to learn in the practice, the repetition of teaching consistently will support you within your ongoing pursuit of developing and growing as a teacher. Repetition supports the development of confidence. Confidence in knowing you are capable and that you have the capacity to teach again, to teach again. So put yourself out there, teach. No one is expecting you to be perfect. So release that expectation as quickly as possible. It's unrealistic and it will actually stunt your growth as a teacher because it will paralyze you and it will stop you in your pursuits of actually doing what yoga teacher trainings are designed for, to equip and train you to teach. I hope that whichever approach you take towards teaching, that you find great balance within all aspects of your life, including the relationships and other responsibilities you take part in. Be mindful and reflective in and acknowledge where you are and in what season you found yourself in as a teacher. It's okay for your teaching path to have turns, detours, and even roadblocks at times. It's part of the process. Stay in the process. It's part of your growth and development within this most worthy endeavor of being a yoga teacher. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that would benefit greatly and really like some help in developing a growth strategy and teaching plan? Well, I can certainly support you in the process of evaluating and ultimately creating a customized plan that supports your pursuits and desires as a teacher. Mentoring sessions are the fastest way for you to achieve the desired results and growth you seek. How does mentoring work? 
well, we'll meet and we'll spend time evaluating where you are and get specific on where you desire to grow as a teacher. I will help you sift through and provide you resources and insight into the development of a teaching action plan. I'll also provide a great layer of accountability support as you implement your new growth strategy and teaching plan. Want to hear more? Reach out through the link in the show notes, send me an email, or go check out my website, sandyraper.com, for more details and resources to support you as you pursue this most worthy endeavor of teaching yoga. Until we meet again, thank you. Thank you for joining me today, and I wish you well along life's journey. And I'll look forward to spending time with you in the next episode.